Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Word Community Church. How are you today? It is great to have you here. I hope you're, you've come expecting great things from the Lord. He always has great things for us. Amen? Let's stand together. Our God shall provide all our needs according to his riches and glory, he says. Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Let's bow our heads in our hearts. Father, we are grateful for this time you've blessed us with. Again, here we are, Lord, freely gathered. And we thank you for that privilege. It truly is a privilege, Lord. And we recognize that, acknowledge it, and do not take it for granted, Lord. And we want you to know that, Lord God. And Father, we just pray as we come together as a body here, you would continue to knit our hearts together and make us one in you. As your word says, Lord, that you saved us individually, that we may be one with you and with each other as the body of Christ. What a privilege that is, Lord. And we ask that you just reveal, reveal to us more of yourself as we sing these songs of praise to you, Lord. As we spend time studying your word, Lord God. And we just pray for another revelation of you, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father. God, we just welcome, Lord uh, we ask, Lord, that you receive the praise that we have for you. Let it be welcome to you, Lord. This offering of a sweet aroma of song of praise, Lord, in honor of the King of Kings. God, we just pray that you would anoint Pastor Frank as he teaches today again, Lord, from your holy word. And we just pray that you would lead our hearts to a place where we'd be receptive. And as we surrender our wills to you, Lord, transform us, empower us, renew us, make us more like Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. No power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Oh, oh. All the kingdoms shall topple, and the deaf shall hear, and the blind they shall see. No power, but by my spirit, says Let's sing that again. It's not by might. It's not by might. No power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. No power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Oh, oh, oh. All the kingdoms shall topple, and the death shall hear, and the blind they shall see. No power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. One more time, let's sing that again. It's not by might. No power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. No power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Oh, oh, oh. all the kingdoms shall topple and the death and the blind they shall see your power but by my spirit says the Lord Jehovah Jireh my provider is great is sufficient for me for me for me Jehovah 
shatter of my provider His grace is sufficient for me My God, my God shall supply all my needs According to His riches and glory He gives His angels charge over me Jehovah Jireh cares for me For me, for me Jehovah Jireh cares for me Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, His grace is sufficient for me, for me, for me. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, His grace is sufficient for me. My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. He gives. Just charge over me, Jehovah Jireh cares for me, for me, for me, Jehovah Jireh cares for me. Oh, let's run through that again, Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, His grace is sufficient for me, for me, for me, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, His grace is sufficient for me. God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. He gives his angels charge over me. Jehovah Jireh cares for me, for me, for me. Jehovah Jireh cares for me. My God. Oh, my God shall supply my needs according. According to his riches and glory, he gives his angels charge over me. Jehovah Jireh cares for me, for me, for me. Jehovah Jireh cares. Let's sing that one more time. My God shall supply all my to his riches in glory yes he does he gives his angels charge over me Jehovah Jireh cares for me for me for me Jehovah Jireh cares for me yes he does thank you Lord Everyone sing 
is the Lord, God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. Holy is the Lord. And the earth is filled with his glory. You may be seated. We're going to receive some announcements and go into our time of collection and offering. Good morning, church. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? 
I see some new faces. I want to welcome, we want to welcome all of the people that are here visiting for the first time. If you would like to raise your hand, just so we can acknowledge you, if you can raise your hand, please. We want to give you some information. Guests over there, thank you so much for coming. Guests over here, thank you so much for coming. Um, we're going to give you information about our church, and if you can just fill it out. Um, and at the end of the service, you can go over to the sound room over there on my left, and we can give you a free Jesus DVD, okay? And if you don't have a DVD, you can scan the code, all right? Um, so we're going to continue with announcements. We have a lot of Bible studies this week. Monday is going to be women's, women's and men's Bible study at 7 p.m. Tuesday, women's Bible study at 9.45 a.m., uh, Friday, Spanish Bible study at 7 p.m. Then the women's are meeting for a prayer. The women are meeting for prayer this Saturday at 8 a.m. here at the church. And then save the date. Save the date. We're having a church prayer vigil on Friday evening, March 10th. There will be no women's gathering that day, so just keep that in mind, okay? But um, the entire church is welcome to come um, Friday evening, March 10th, starting at 7 p.m. here in the sanctuary. Please email your prayer request to livingwordalive.rachel at gmail.com. Once again, that email is livingwordalive.rachel uh, at gmail.com. Yeah, let me just run uh, down that real quickly. We were here uh, in our last vigil. We haven't done this in a while because of COVID predominantly, but we were here probably about six hours in our last vigil, and essentially the prayers of the church are put up there anonymously, and the body is just coming in and out and praying during that time with some quiet music in the background. It's a really special time. There's a lot going on around the world, in our country, in our lives, and here in this body. So it's definitely uh, an important thing for us to spend time on our knees and to do it together. So just keep that in mind, as, as uh, Brenda mentioned, get, get prayer requests in, you know, so we can continue to pray for things in our own lives, but also everyone else is here. Thank you, Lenny. And then uh, see Carol, or Jessica, actually. Jessica is the one that's here by the parent-child room after service to pay uh, your balance for the women's retreat. They're actually starting to collect it today, okay? Um, the balance is due March 19th, so that's for the women. And um, lastly, uh, one more thing. For those that, are, that have people listening in Spanish, uh, the Spanish translation, please make sure that they mute their phone because um, people can't really hear it if they don't mute their phone. Para los que tienen um, el sonido en español, la traducción, por favor, uh, pongan su teléfono en silencio para que no transfiere el, uh, se transfiera el, el sonido. Okay, thank you guys. God bless you. Can we have the ushers please come forward? Let's take our offering. After the basket passes, please feel free to stand with us as we continue our time in worship. And let's pray for the offering. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for all that you've done, all that you are, God. We thank you for all that you've given us, none of that which we deserve, Lord, and we are so thankful to you, God. So we are just praying over this offering, Lord, that you would bless it, that you would just use it, Lord, for your kingdom, for the furthering of your kingdom, God. And we thank you, Lord. We pray that you be glorified in the rest of our service, not just today, but every day of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray.
you can stand before or after the basket passes. It's your call. Psalm 91. He that dwells in the secret place of the Lord God Almighty shall abide under the center of His wings under the shadow of the Almighty. You're my refuge and my shelter, lover of my soul, my deliverer. When I call your name, Father, you answer me, satisfied in your salvation. He that dwells in the secret place of the Lord God Almighty shall abide under the shelter of His wings, under the shadow of the Almighty. You're my refuge, oh! You're my refuge and my shelter. When I call your name, Father, you answer me, satisfied in your salvation. I will have no fear. my way in the darkest day I will have no fear for you are always with me when the way is unclear you brighten up my way even the darkest day that dwells in the sea let's get our hands clapping Lord God Almighty, shall abide under the shelter of His wings, under the shadow of the Almighty. You're my refuge, you're my refuge, and my shelter, the lover of my soul, my deliverer. When I call Your name, Father, You answer me. Your salvation. We want to dwell under the shadow of the Almighty, amen. God, 
anything we can give by your plan that's just the way it is you are not a god created by human hands you are not a god dependent on any mortal man you are not a god in need of anything we can give by your plan that's just the way it is you are god alone You are on your throne, cause you are God alone. And right now, in the good times and bad, you are on your throne, you are God alone. You're the only God is power, none can contend. You're the only God. never end. You're the only God who's worthy of everything we can give. You are God. That's just the way it is. You are God alone from before time began. You are on your throne. You are God alone. Good times and bad, you are on your throne, cause you are God alone. Unchangeable, unchangeable, unshakable, unstoppable, unstoppable. That's, what you are. that's what you are. Unchangeable, unshakable, unshakable. Unstoppable.
together. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name that we could come into this place and worship you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that you left your throne in heaven for a cross here on earth. And Lord God, you hung there six hours that Friday and you took our sins upon yourself, Lord God, to give us forgiveness, to give us grace, to give us mercy, Lord God, to give us the gift of eternal life. Father God, I pray that all here, Lord God, if they haven't opened their hearts to you in receiving that great gift through your Son, that today would be the day of their salvation. I encourage you all, don't let Jesus pass through your life this morning. He's here, and he loves you, and he wants to come into your life. He wants to give you his peace. He wants to give you his joy, and he wants to give you that gift of everlasting salvation that he bought for you on the cross of Calvary. So, Lord God, I pray today, may your blessing be upon all. Maybe people have come here broken. I pray that you would heal them. Maybe people have come here in misery, Lord God. I pray that they would leave here in joy. I pray, Lord God, if there are people who have come here, Lord God, looking for hope, that they would find hope in you. And that your blessing would just be upon us all today. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. God bless you all. You can be seated. We have a very special baby dedication today. Sebastian, handsome young boy. And I'm going to ask Kelvin and Mercy and the guardians to please come up. Sebastian. Sebastian, you got some of that hair for me? (laughs) So the word of the Lord says, Then little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. And Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. So in presenting... This child for dedication, you signify not only your faith in Jesus Christ, but also your desire that he may early know and follow the will of God, may live and die a Christian and come unto everlasting blessedness. And in order to attain this holy end, it will be your duty as parents and guardians to teach him early the fear of the Lord, to watch over his education, that he be not led astray, and to direct his youthful mind to the holy scriptures and his feet to the sanctuary, to restrain him from evil associates and habits and as much as it lies to bring him up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord Jesus. Will you endeavor to do so with the help of God? If so, please answer, I will, we will. And now I ask the congregation, will you commit yourselves as the body of Christ to support and encourage these parents as they endeavor to fulfill their responsibilities to this child and to assist by nurturing him up in growth and spiritual maturity? And if so, please answer, we will. 
hope that uh, that commitment is true and that you're there to pray for them and help them because uh, parenting is a tough job today in this crazy world that we're in. Would he let me hold him? Would you let me hold you, Sebastian? Hello. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I know, Lord God, Kevin and Mercy have dedicated this precious little boy to you, Lord God, long before he was even in the womb. And Lord God, so in, Lord God, harmony with their devotion and their dedication of this precious little boy, a gift from you, a sacred stewardship that has been given to them by the eternal God, Lord God, on this morning, we dedicate him to you. In the precious name of our Lord and Savior, bless him, keep him, Lord God, protect him, watch over him, and draw him with your tender cords of mercy to your salvation in your heart, and we pray that you would do this in the name of Jesus, amen. amen. I'm going to give you the mic and say a few words. Hello. 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 Uh, God bless you, everyone. Uh, we're very uh, excited. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, we're very excited um, to just dedicate Sebastian to the Lord. It's been a, a long four-year journey, just praying and, and waiting, um, and just just grateful that the Lord finally responded. Um, you know, as, as humans, we, we tend to lose hope kind of easily, so um, we were just very uh, uh, grateful to find out the news, and then the, the pregnancy was fine, the delivery was a little scary, but um, the Lord has been gracious to us, and we just pray that he'll be uh, gracious to Sebastian all the days of his life, and we're grateful to be part of this community here. Uh, where we know that he will be prayed over, he will be uh, nurtured spiritually. So we're we're just uh, thankful that the Lord has prepared us for this uh, for this time right now. Amen. Amen. You want to say anything? Sure. Hi everyone. I just want to say thank you for all the prayers before he was born, after he's born, and just all the days of his life. We love each and every one of you, even the ones that we don't know personally. We love you. We hold you in our hearts. We're all connected as the body of Christ, and I just. Thank you guys so much for the continued prayers. We're just so blessed to be parents, and, you know, we pray that if it is your heart's desire to be a parent, too, that the Lord may hear your heart and open your wombs. We're always praying for the women of this church that want to be parents, and we pray that the Lord may bless you if it is his will. So just thank you, everybody. God bless you. Amen. Kevin, could you stick this back down there? And there is a plaque and flowers for mercy. You guys grab them. Okay. Thank you. All right. So let's go to Mark chapter 15. Actually, we're going to look at verses 1 through 5. You're going to get verses 6 through 10 in upcoming weeks, but... 
Pilate and Jesus is the title of the message. Mark chapter 15, 1 through 5. You know, stand with me for the reading of the word. The word of the Lord says, Immediately in the morning the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and the scribes and the whole council, and they bound Jesus, led him away, and delivered him to Pilate. Then Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered and said to him, It is as you say. And the chief priests accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. Then Pilate asked him again, saying, Do you answer nothing? See how many things they testify against you. But Jesus still answered nothing, so that Pilate marveled. Heavenly Father, this very, Lord God, unique, significant conversation that is happening here, Lord God, between a man who is on his power chair of the world and the King of kings and the Lord of lords who holds all power in his right hand. Father God, open up our hearts and minds to your word today, Lord God. And I do pray, Lord God, if there is anybody come, come in here with doubts about Jesus or who knows nothing about Jesus, may they leave here knowing him, Lord God, as their King, as their Lord, and as their Savior. And Father God, we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. What you have here is probably one of the most interesting conversations that have ever been recorded. It is compelling. It is significant. The questions that are asked, the answers that are given are profound. I think that what you will see in this conversation, it reveals our, our innermost beliefs. And again, it is one of the greatest conversations that has ever happened in all of history. Now, I, I want to, again, I'll show you this. This is very important. Just to understand, when we think of the trial of Jesus, people think of one trial. If you look, there were actually six trials. He is before the former high priest, Anaz, then he is before Caiaphas, then he's before the Sanhedrin. Those are all religious trials. And then here, there are three civic trials in front of the Roman uh, leader and Herod, twice before Pilate and then once before Herod. So we are looking now at this, again, this pseudo-trial before Pilate. And again, the conversation that ensues. Let me tell you just a little bit about Pilate. Pilate became the procurator, okay, of Judea, Idumea, and uh, of Samaria in 26 AD. He was appointed by Tiberius, who was the essentially the, the emperor, the Caesar of Rome. He held that office for 10 years. That's significant, between 26 and 36 AD. Essentially, his duties, the duties of a, uh, a prefect were, were really somewhat mundane. It was um, essentially collecting taxes for Rome and uh, being in charge of different construction projects. And uh, in fact, I'll just say, when we were in Israel, the last time we were in Israel, some of you have been in Israel a number of times with me. I've done seven trips there. Remember, this is the aqueduct in Caesarea. Lenny, you remember that. This, this was an aqueduct that went from Mount Hermon to Jerusalem, 50 miles. Pilate built this. He was the, he was the one who actually sanctioned the building. And they, they didn't have any electricity. They also didn't have any gas power. And the water would flow. Really, it's an, it's an amazing, amazing piece of, of architecture. So this was something, this was again, this was something that, that Pilate uh, actually built. He also was in charge at keeping the Pax Romana, and that is the peace of Rome. And he would do that a number of times by force. He slaughtered 
a number of Samaria, uh, Samarians who were going up to worship on Mount uh, Gerizim's and um, had, them, uh, had them all executed. I'm sorry, it, it was Mount Gerizim that they were going up to. So um, he, could be, he could be brutal. He could be, he, he could be somewhat brutal. Now, for years, people said there was no such person as Pontius Pilate. The skeptics, right? You, you get the, the skeptics. And in 1961, they found the Pontius Pilate stone, okay, in Caesarea. That, that on the right is the original Okay, that's in the Jerusalem Museum. On the left, uh, many times we've taken pictures. Um, in fact, one of our guides, Mika Eskenazi, was one of the ones who worked on that archaeological team in 1961 who actually found it. Then later, letters are found. Philo um, of Alexandria, there were letters that were found about Pontius Pilate. Josephus Flavius, the historian, found you know, numerous, there were numerous things that showed Pontius Pilate was a real person, okay? So when you're, again, watching the history station and you see some, you know, person, some supposedly intellect, right, they are, their mind is so open that their brain fell out somewhere in the past, telling you that oh, it's not in the Bible or it can't confirm through, okay, you just give it time, give it time. And Pilate, again, we find out that he was a true historical person. Now... I want, to look, I want to look at a series of questions and a series that, that occurs in this dialogue between Pilate and Jesus. Incredibly, it really is, again, it is profound, incredibly revealing. The first is, Pilate asked, what shall I do with Jesus? What shall you do with Jesus? <laughs> right here, here, Pilate said to them, what then shall I do with Jesus who is called the Christ? What shall I do with Jesus. And stop and ask yourself that question because here is the central figure of human history. And you may not believe in him, but you go by the calendar, right? He separated BC from AD, and today is the year 2023, the year of our Lord. He created the continental divide, he, he, he created the, it is the pivot point of history. So here's the most significant person in human history. What shall I do with Jesus? Now, what shall I do with his words? See, that's that, we call that the red letter edition, okay? If you have a red letter edition, all the words that Jesus spoke directly, we believe the Bible is the word of God, but all the words that Jesus spoke directly in the Gospels, in the book of the Revelation, and the book of Acts, is recorded in, in red letters, okay? The red letter edition. And just to stop and look at those words that he spoke, he, he said in John 8.58, most assuredly I say to you before Abraham was, I am. And if you're a student of the scripture, you understand what he's saying because it goes back to Exodus 3.14 when Moses was at the burning bush and the word that came, right, was I am. God said, I am who I am. In Hebrew, ayachia and ayachia. Jesus here is claiming to be God. He said, for he was seen me as seen the Father. I and the Father are one. Now, I just want to say this to you. If he was not who he truly said he was, he would have to be a madman. Because what person goes around saying that they've got an understanding? This isn't some new ager today, new age people, everybody's God. You know, I'm God, you're God, right? The tree is God, 
right? My poop in the, in, you know, in the toilet is God. Everything's God, right? The, the, the New Agers, right? This is not that. This is, this is a Jew who, who believes that God is the sole creator of the entire universe, right? He is, he is the maker. He is the sustainer. He is the creator. He is Elohim, who said in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This, this is a Jew, an Orthodox Jew, okay? Jewish concept of Yahweh. He is claiming to be God. C.S. Lewis makes, again, the, 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 the great argument that Jesus could only be one of three things. He could be a liar. And if he is a liar, he is the greatest liar. He has is, he is basically brought forth the greatest hoax that has ever been perpetrated on mankind. Great, greater, you know, greater than San Bankman Freed with FTX, if you know what's going on there. He made $32 billion of people's money disappear. Or Bernie Madoff, who made off, right, with $6 billion of people's money. The greatest hoax, if he is a liar, he, he is the greatest deceiver who has ever lived. Or a lunatic. Because what person goes around claiming to be the creator, the sustainer, right, the, the, the God of, of the Jewish people, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph, and Moses, he would have had to have been a lunatic. Or he was what he said he was, the Lord. So people come to you and say, oh, you know, Jesus was a nice guy. Jesus was a, a rabbi. You know, Jesus is, is just, you know, he's, he's just like a teddy bear that I can just nestle up to. And, you know, there's crazy things that people say about Jesus. Listen, either he was God or he was the greatest liar or a total lunatic. And those are the, those are the look, those are the logical choices that you're left with. What do you do with his life? In Matthew 9.33, it says, And when a demon was cast out, the mute spoke, and the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never seen like this in Israel. I just want you to know, it was never seen like this in Israel. Let me say this. It was never seen like this at any time in human history. The life that, that he lived, the life that his followers recorded, the life of Messiah, the life of the risen Savior, his miracles. He, he healed everyone that came to him. Those who believed and those who didn't. He healed the, the lame, he healed the blind, he healed the deaf, he raised the dead, he cleansed the lepers, and he cast out the demons. And there is, there is no person in human history whose life can even come closely to compare with the life of Jesus. Now, we, we don't know who wrote this great poem, One Solitary Life, but boy, does it, it just say it all about him. He was born in an obscure village. He worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30. He then became an itinerant preacher. He never held an office. He never had a family or owned a house. He didn't go to college. He had no credentials but himself. Nineteen centuries have come and gone, and today he is the central figure of, human, of the human race. All the armies that ever marched, all the navies that ever sailed, all the parliaments that ever sat, all the kings that ever reigned have not affected the life of man on this earth as much as that one solitary life. And that is absolutely true. There are billions of people all across this earth in this day who believe 
that Jesus Christ is the Savior and is the Lord. What do you do with his life? What do you do with his death? The centurion. Three centurions are mentioned in, in the scriptures. And centurions, if you know anything about the Roman armies, they were the backbone of the Roman legions. They were men of incredible integrity, incredible courage, incredible strength. They, they were leaders. I'm going to tell you, let me just tell you this story because I think that some of you who served in the military, the master sergeants in Delta Force, the master sergeants in the Rangers, they're really, again, they're, they're the backbone of those special forces. And when Iraq happened, the, the, the Iraq war back in the 1960s when the U.S. went in to basically, you know, upper Saddam Hussein from Kuwait, there was a, there was a woman who I was talking to, and this was, this was outside of the church, but she joined ROTC because she got a free education, and she became a second lieutenant. And she said to me, she never imagined that she would be in charge and leading a platoon of soldiers in warfare, in battle, in Kuwait. And she shared how terrified she was and how unprepared she was. And she said, if it wasn't for the master sergeant, the career soldier, that she, she never would have survived, that her, her platoon would never have survived. The master sergeants in our, in our army, okay, are, I believe are, are the equivalent of the centurions in the, Roman, in the Roman legions. You never see a bad thing said about them in the scriptures. So here's Jesus on the cross. So it says, when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly saying, right, truly this was the Son of God. Truly this was the Son of God. His death, hanging there for six hours that Friday. The seven words that came from his mouth. The nails in his hands and in his feet. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, as darkness came over the earth at 12 o'clock until 3 o'clock. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And then his final breath, it is finished, into your hands I commit my spirit. He's seeing this. He's seeing this, this man on the cross. You know, the expectation was after somebody would crucify, they would, they would beat you, they'd put you on the cross. The people who were crucified, not, not unlike the one thief, they're spitting. They're spitting on the ones who crucified them. They're cursing the ones who are crucified them. They're, they're, they're yelling at the ones who have crucified them. And he says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. So the centurion is standing there and he's watching this. What do you do with his death? Is he truly the son of God? The son of God. What do you do with his resurrection? In Matthew chapter 28, 5 through 7, but the angel answered and said to the woman, do not be afraid for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, 
I have told you. It's interesting. All of his followers, you look at all the apostles, they all died being martyred and held to the story that he was risen. Now, if, 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 if they made that up, and let me just tell you this, human beings will not die for a lie that they know is a lie. They will not. But they claim that they saw him. They claim that they touched him. They claim that they saw the, the holes in his hands and in his feet and that he was truly glorified and that he was truly risen. What do you do with the resurrection of Jesus? And then my, my last point here, at the again, beginning of this message, is what do you do with his promises? And there, there are so many promises he made. I just want to show you one. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. There is the promise of all promises. This is the most quoted, this is the most quoted quote in the history of mankind. The, the, it is the quote of all quotes. John 3.16. And it is the, 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 the promise of all promises that if you will put your faith, your faith, and believe that Jesus Christ is God, that Jesus Christ died for you on the cross, and that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, you can have everlasting life. So what do you do with Jesus who is called the Christ? What a great, great question Pilate asked. Now, second, Pilate, Pilate asked Jesus the question. And here the question is, are you the king of the Jews? And he knew about this. Wasn't his interest? He's he's a he's a Roman who basically the Romans were essentially who conquered the Greeks. They were conquered by the philosophy of the Greeks. And here is this this man of the world. But he knows he knows about the Jews. And the Jews were waiting for their Messiah. They they were waiting for the promised one. They were waiting and longing for the king, the ruler who would come. He knew that this was what was prophesied by Moses and by the psalmist, by David and by all the prophets, that there was this Messiah who would come and he would set up his kingdom. He would be the ruler. He would be the, the king. And he knew there were many predictions. I'm sure he maybe looked at a few. But there are hundreds of prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. I always say, the one, the one true science, the one true science is math. I still believe one plus one is two. You may not, but I still believe that. The one true science is mathematics. The probability of any one person fulfilling all eight of these prophecies is one to the 17th power. Okay, those are, those are eight prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. The probability of um, fulfilling 48 prophecies is 1 in 10 to the 157th power. And Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies. Let me tell you, it's, it's more like 400. 
fulfilled, he predicted, it's predicted in the scriptures in the 22nd Psalm that Messiah, his hands and his feet would have nails through them. That was written a thousand years before Jesus ever came onto the earth. So just, what do you do? What do you do with Jesus? Is he the king of the Jews? So you look at that, and here is Jesus standing right before you, standing right before Pilate. What does he do with Jesus? Pilate ignored Jesus. In John chapter 18, 33-36, then Pilate entered the praetorium again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? And Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? And Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Here is, again, Pilate standing there and asks the question, Am I a Jew? And he ignores Jesus. Why do people ignore Jesus? Why did Pilate ignore Jesus? And you may be a person watching this today, or you may be sitting here, and you're ignoring Jesus. I believe there's only a handful of reasons why, why people ignore Jesus. One is spiritual ignorance. And Pilate was spiritually ignorant. He, he was ignorant to the fact that, here, right, Jesus is the king. See, Jesus looking at Jesus saying, where's your army? You're a king? Where's your throne? You're a king. Where are your followers? You're, you're a king. They've all deserted you. And he's ignorant of the prophecies that predicted that the Messiah King needed to come and he needed to die on the cross and be an atoning sacrifice for the world. So he's ignorant. Another reason people ignore Jesus is spiritual darkness. The devil blinds unbelievers. Satan is, is the master at blinding people and keeping them from seeing the truth. It's so a level of, of demonization. It's, it's amazing how, how someone could just come to understand Jesus so, so simply, so wonderfully, and another hearing the same exact message is totally blind to it and deaf to it. And that is, again, that is the, the work of the devil. Another reason, I think, why Pilate ignored Jesus is pride. He's, he's, he's pridefully arrogant sitting on his little throne, this illusionary throne that, that he's sitting on, this temporary throne of power. And it, it just, you know, it just puzzles me. You see this, people have their, their little moment, right, of glory. They have a successful company. They're making money, right? You have that moment where you win the championship. And, and right, you, you, you think, you think that you're just, you're, you're indestructible. You, you, you just get caught up in your own illusionary power. And I think Pilate is filled with that pride and that arrogance. And then the last one, Pilate ignores Jesus because he loves his sin. And people just, they're, they're unwilling to give up their sin, their pride. It could be their ego, sin that controls them, some addiction. And they are just unwilling to, to forsake that and, and come to Jesus. Fourth, Pilate canceled Jesus. 
You thought cancel culture started five years ago. Cancel culture has been around since Cain and Abel because Cain canceled Abel <laughs> right at the beginning. So Pilate canceled Jesus. Watch this little, again, this little part of this conversation. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you the king then? And Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Truth. Everyone who hears of the truth hears my voice. And Pilate very smugly said, what is truth? What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. Pilate is a man who has been educated by the Greeks. And a, a main part of the Greek philosophy is existentialism. Existentialism, relativism. There is no truth. There, there is no absolute ultimate truth. Truth is whatever you decide it to be. You, you, whatever you perceive as truth is truth. So your truth is not your truth and that, your truth and my truth. It's just we, we make it up as we go along. During the, the last presidential election, Biden said this, we choose truth over facts. Now, I want to just say this to you, though. People then began to look at this, and oh, it's another, it's another dementia mistake. Okay, I don't think so. I don't think there was any, that's the, 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 the right, you know, the right media, they played it up that way. I don't think, I think he knew exactly what he was saying. We choose truth over fact. That, that, is, that is the words of a true existentialist. That's the truth of somebody who believes in relativism. My perception of life is truth. There are no facts. Because facts can't be verified. There are no facts. My, my personal perception of life... Let me just show you how this plays out. Abortion. Abortion is not murder of the unborn. Now, if you've ever seen a film or pictures of an abortion, and some of you, you probably don't have the stomach for that, but after cutting the baby into parts in the womb, they have to assemble the baby on a little towel to make sure they got all the pieces and don't leave a piece inside of the woman's womb. But abortion is not murder. It is a woman's choice. How do you perceive it? Adultery is not adultery. All it is is an extramarital affair. Stealing is not stealing. It's abnormal social development. Rioting is not rioting. It is social justice. There are not two sexes, male and female. That's what the Bible says. And by the way, that's what science says. There are LGBYKUTZBXYZ123. I, I mean, as many as you want. What do you are? What are you? Marriage is not between a male and a female. 
It can be between a man and a man, and a woman and a woman, and coming soon it could be between a man and multiple men, or multiple women, and women with multiple men, and it's probably going to come about soon that you're going to see people being able to marry animals, which I think they're doing already. Pedophilia is not pedophilia. An adult having sex with a child. It is called MAP, M-A-P now. Minor attracted person. And by the way, many of those people are on the school boards of where your children go to school. Get your head out of uh, get your head out of the sand. Pornography is not pornography. It's called pornography perversion in the scriptures. It's adult entertainment. Pharmacia, mind-altering drugs, is not pharmacia. They are recreational drugs. CRT, critical race theory. You're evil. Now listen, this goes two ways, because this is what white people were saying about black people not too long ago. Now black people are saying it about white people, or liberals are saying it about, about white especially white men. If you're a white Christian man, man, I'm in trouble. CRT. You're evil because of your nationality, because of your sex, or because of the color of your skin. If someone comes to you with that, I want to encourage you to tell them to take that ideology and go straight to hell with it because that's where it's come from. Because the truth of the matter is, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But I have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I have been created in the image and likeness of God. I am wonderfully and marvelously made, created a little lower than the angels and crowned with glory and honor. And God saw such worth and value in me that he would come to this earth, die on the cross to redeem me and save me. I am the light of the world. I am the salt of the earth. I am called an ambassador. I am called a priest. I am called a minister. I am called a saint. I am called a king in scripture. So when they come to you with those lies, those lies are coming straight out of hell. Affirm to them what you are and who you are. But again, which comes back to, there is no truth. Black isn't black, and white isn't white. And two plus two does not equal four. What color is that? What color is that? If you're colorblind, you're probably saying white. If you can see colors, it's pink, okay? That's okay. But it's whatever you want it to be. If you want that to be black, it can be black. If you want it to be purple, it can be purple. You can, you can make it anything you want. Look at that cute little kid. What is he? No. If he decides, or if someone decides for him, that he's not a boy, that he's a girl, they castrate him. That's what they're doing to young kids. There's even states now, they don't even have to talk to the parents. Look at that beautiful little girl. What is she? Well, we would say she's a little girl. But if people decide, or if she decides, or her parents decide that she's not a little girl, they cut her breasts off, and they turn her into something else. 
See, this is, again, this, this is the, the question, what is truth? Because what has happened to truth, truth has been canceled out. And that, that is exactly what Pilate is doing with Jesus here. He's canceling out Jesus, of course, in his heart, in his soul, and he's acknowledging that there is no such thing as truth, just his perception and truth is standing right in front of his long Roman nose. And believe me, I know about Roman noses. The truth, the very source of truth, the fountain of truth. You know what happened when truth is eliminated? If you know a little bit of history, go look at Nazi Germany in the 1930s. When truth is eliminated, go and look at the Soviet Union and China in the previous century. You want to see the effects of truth being eliminated? Look at the United States of America right now at this time, because that's where we're going. That's where we're going very quickly. Number five, Pilate played the power game with Jesus. He played the power game with the Almighty in verse 10 and 11 of John 19. And Pilate said to him, are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have power to crucify you and power to release you? Don't you know who I am? I am the prefect of Judea appointed by Tiberius Caesar. I am the commander of the 10th legion of Rome. Do you love when somebody has to tell you, do you know who I am? Right, Bill? You have that great story about the mayor comes into the restaurant, and he didn't, he didn't have a table, and um, the owner of the restaurant, Bill's partner, he, he guy's saying to him, but do you know who I am? And he looked at him and said, what, you forget who you are? That is a great story. <laughs> do you know that I have the power to crucify you and the power to release you. And Jesus answered, you could have no power at all against me unless it has been given to you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. I want you to, I want you to think about this. Pilate died just a few years later. And I'll show you that at the end of the message. And he's standing <laughs> before Jesus. And Jesus says, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and I have the keys of Hades and the keys of death, and the end of death. You thought you had the power of life and death over me. I have the power of all life and of all death. I am the Lord, the giver of life and the taker of death. Number six, Pilate let people influence him instead of Jesus. So in John 19, 5, then Jesus came out wearing a crown of thorns and a purple robe, and Pilate said to them, Behold the man, echo homo. Behold the man. See, Pilate recognizes Jesus is innocent, but he fears the mob, he fears the Jewish leaders. And he's, he's basically being pressured politically. So he, he attempts to satisfy them by beating Jesus, have, have Jesus flogged. Here he stands, like Jesus standing in front of them with a crown of thorns. He's bloodied. 
And Pilate thought this would satisfy them. All it did was incense them more. They are so filled with evil. I mean, they're just so, so incensed. But what you see here, there is, there is a clear struggle that is going on in the very heart and mind of this very wretched man. He knows he's innocent. But the influence of the mob, right? He, he's struggling. He's struggling between right and wrong, good and evil. And he's being tormented by this. So in, in, in Luke chapter 23, 23 through 25, but they were insistent, demanding with loud voices that he be crucified. And the voices of these men and the chief priests prevailed. So Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they requested. And he released to them the one they requested for rebellion and murder and had been thrown in prison. But he delivered Jesus to their will. He released Barabbas. He handed Jesus over to them. Pilate yielded to the influence, to the pressure of the mob. Now you see this today. You see it right in the church. I've been, I've been doing this for 40 years. I've seen it over and over again, week after week for 40 years. A person is being drawn to Jesus. Right? They, they are being drawn by his tender cords of mercy and his love. He's revealing himself to them. He's revealing himself as God. He's revealing himself as the Lord. He's revealing himself as their Savior. And they, they're, they're coming and they go home. And then the family members, right? The family members attack. What are you becoming? Some kind of fanatic? What are you becoming? A, a, a Jesus freak? Right? And they start, to, they start to influence them. And it could be friends. could be co-workers. could be neighbors. And they put on the pressure. The outward pressure that damns people to hell instead of the inward spirit that gives them eternal life. And Pilate yielded to the outward pressure. Last point. Pilate thought he could wash Jesus away. Verse 24 of Matthew 27. And when Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that the tumult was rising, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. And he thought he could wash Jesus out of his life. He can just wash him out of his conscience. Wash him out of his memory. Wash him out of his mind. He, he washed his hands. I'm washing my life of him. My guilt. Take him away. Crucify him. So Pilate lived another seven years. Did he wash Jesus away? from his mind, from his conscience? Or was he haunted by dreams and nightmares and thoughts, questions? So Pontius Pilate in 39 AD, seven years later from this conversation with Jesus, was exiled by Caligula, the emperor of Rome, and he committed suicide. He committed suicide. 
Now, I think that he was haunted by this. You know, it's funny. I've been at the deathbeds of many people, believers and unbelievers, and how there were people who I knew, some family members, who had no need for God, no need for repentance, no need for confession. They just lived their lives. And then they got close to that point of death. Luckily, they did, because I believe God was still giving them that chance. And on their deathbed, they were really never interested in hearing about Jesus. But suddenly, they are. And they'll start confessing to me. And of course, I can't forgive anybody's sins. No man can, only God can. But it's amazing how, how a person right, could essentially ignore him, not want to be bothered with him, try to wash away Jesus from their life, and then suddenly come to that end. <clears throat> I believe that Pilate was haunted. Pilate was afflicted. And his conscience was just heavy through those years until finally he couldn't bear it anymore and he killed himself. So that's really where the, the story ends. <clears throat> Suicide is, is a person taking their physical life. Self-murder. It's, it's, it's a terrible thing. I've done funerals for people who have committed suicides. There's, there's, it's just, it's, it's horrible. It's the effect that it has. One, one very, very dear friend of mine, who didn't die by suicide, but um, his family had 29 suicides in their history. So if you ever have suicidal thoughts, just take, take that into account. You could be setting something in motion. It's a curse that, that you're bringing upon your, you know, your family members. It, it, it's tragic. But there's another type of suicide. And the other type of suicide is the suicide of the soul. And suicide of the soul is to choose, choose to reject eternal life through Jesus Christ. That's, that is eternal suicide. In, in John chapter 14, 6, again, another great word from Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Just notice that I am the way, not a way. I am the truth, not right anything but the truth. And I am the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. <clears throat> and that is a choice. That is a choice that we make. In, in Acts 13, verse 46 when Paul and Barnabas were preaching to the synagogue here, it says, Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you rejected it, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. Notice, we judge ourselves. In, in a sense, we send ourselves to hell. We make a decision and we commit eternal suicide. So I'd say this, don't follow in Pilate's steps and commit eternal suicide. Because Jesus is right before you today. 
You may never hear a message like this ever again in your lifetime. Somebody said to me, oh, I have, I have a guest here today, not a believer. And I said, boy, this was a great Sunday for them to come to Living Word Community Church because I don't, I don't know if, if there's an, a, a more evangelical message that I have preached in the last year. As again, I preach through the scriptures and I take what God gives me. But Jesus is standing before you today. And, and look, you can't ignore him. You can walk right out of here, one ear, one in ear, and out the other, right? Like I say, it just, it went, it, bing, 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 right off your head. You could, you could walk right out of here and ignore him. You can wash your hands, right? Wash your hands. I don't want anything to do with this. Or you could put your faith in him. Believe in him. Receive him into your heart as your Lord and Savior and receive the gift of eternal life. That's the choice you can only make. It's your decision. And it is the decision that will determine your destiny. Eternal destiny. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you today for your word. I do pray, Lord God, that they heard your voice speaking to their hearts, not mine. That they, Lord God, received your word, not mine. And that, Lord God, for any here today, today is the day of their salvation. And they're putting their faith in you. Put your faith in Jesus. Say to him, I believe in you. I believe you are God. I believe you are the Savior. I believe you are the Lord. And on this day, Jesus, I say, I believe you died for me on the cross, taken to my sins upon yourself, and I receive you into my heart. Amen. Folks, would you stand with me? We open the altars if you'd like to come forward for prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Pastor Frank. What a great word from the Word of God. Yes, the altars are open for you if you'd like to come and spend a little time praying here or someone can pray with you alone, whatever you like. We're going to close from Isaiah 42.10. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Let's sing his praise together. Thank you.
God go with you all and bless you. May he watch over you, protect you. May the Lord God give you peace, that shalom blessing of God, that peace may it be in your hearts, in your minds, in your homes, in your relationships with your spouse, with your friends, family, children. And may the Lord God just fill you always with his wonderful joy. God go with you all today and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.